Bomaninja, independent market commentator and analyst, joins me uh, to take us through uh, the latest uh, in the money markets. And Snezipo, good evening and welcome. Um, evening, Aya. How are you? I'm well, thank you. How are you? I'm getting you. Good, 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 good. Snezipo, I want us to start off uh, in the world of telecommunications. Uh, now, we know Telcom uh, has had, uh, I guess, the, this case against uh, the Independent Communications Authority, CASA. Uh, around the allocation of temporary spectrum during this moment of COVID-19 because everybody, I guess, was working uh, and uh, playing on the interwebs. Uh, and it seems uh, MTN has also now joined the fray. And, uh, yeah, w- w- what's at play here? What's happening here? Um, in all honesty, in all honesty, so um, when COVID-19, COVID-19 um, uh, lockdown happened because the understanding was that it was going to be home. There was going to be an increase in the data utilization. This is further evident in the financials of all the major telecos in the telecos and um, since. And the understanding was that they, because at the time there was, um, they hadn't allocated. Remember, they were supposed to do a spectrum auction. Remember that spectrum auction that never happened. That is still Your in process when, even when, when Stella was still the minister. Ah, exactly. When <laughs> Stella was the minister, do you know somebody called Rejoice Mabuda Fasi? The name sounds familiar. Yeah. The name sounds familiar. <laughs> no, no, I'm the joking. No, I think it was uh, Ivy Mutepe Kasaburi. I think she was uh, at some stage the communications minister. I'm mixing yeah. it up with. So. The the understanding was because there was a need from a citizen's perspective, as part of the disaster, to alleviate the burden for consumers, specifically those who are working and require this additional allocation. Mm. They allowed for the spectrum to sort of temporarily be opened, temporarily be opened to alleviate the pressure. Uh, and because remember, everyone was working from home, so even myself, I had to increase. From my fiber, I even had to move from uncapped, from capped to uncapped, just because of the move from home. Um, there was a move from it, and there's a perspective on that perspective. Then what happened was, was that, of course, as with all things on the disaster recovery, act, there was a timing to it. Now, mm. MTN uh, wanted, so they were the first movers in terms of the legal challenge. And... Uh, from a legal challenge in terms of, and they also had their own, um, their own, um, their own uh, issue with the ICASA on another ICASA as well. So on Friday, uh, on Friday they filed papers, which part of the act, um, part of the action that joined part of the action of Telcom um, uh, um, as well for the fact that the temporary spectrum allocation to uh, stop it from being removed. Because the understanding was that there was always going to be, because the, the, the understanding is that more users are, more consumers are, I'm trying to explain this in the nicest way, consumers are used to the higher speed, better quality of data. Mm. I unfortunately do not have evidence of this because there was load shedding last week and I saw fire flames. <laughs> I, I have no evidence of this. But, um, um, from on that perspective, from that perspective, that's going to be a consumer drop down in speeds, uh, frustration by users because now we're used to it. So now we're used to it, and also, I think also part of the reason is that people want to get away from the auction. 
people want to walk, walk, get away from the auction, and they also want to get away from the understanding that the additional allocation and future allocation spectrum needs to serve the greater needs of South Africans as a whole, not necessarily um, uh, the telecos operating. Mm, telecos mm. operating. So that was sort of some of the thinking. So for me, um, you can't give people five star and then take them down to two star. So I get the argument. I get the argument, but I think there needs to be a middle ground. It does not need to go. It does not need. It does, and the fact that and, and, and ultimately this is clearly on the blame of Ikasa. This thing has been going on even before COVID, even before COVID. This should have been done years ago. The fact that we force a crisis in the situation is 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 is, is neither here or there. In my opinion, either, either fundamentally, the blame is clearly on Ikasa. Clearly. Clearly. And yeah, I'm just curious to see um, how this is going to be, uh, how this is going to pan out because they've got a, we've got six weeks. So yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah, we're going to be watching this one very, very closely. But uh, let's shift our attention slightly away from that one and uh, take a look at what's been happening, I guess, with the global shipping crisis. And it seems some companies have resorted to air travel to try and get their goods out of uh, the hub of Vietnam, where anything from clothes to electronics and uh, other manufactured goods are produced. Um, yeah, you know, I think we've been talking about the shipping crisis for quite some time. Um quite some time and it's getting worse and worse. It's in situations where there are certain uh, companies in SA where if they were ordering things from overseas, the lead time would be eight weeks. It's now moved to 16, 18 weeks. So companies, depending how desperate you are, and this literally is a function of how desperate you are, are willing to pay whatever it takes to get the goods, goods here in South Africa. It's a real thing. It's not just companies in South Africa. It's companies in the U.S. This thing is is literally, I think, one of the biggest bombs we ever faced from a cost perspective because it is. You can see it. So I was reading something, and what I thought was actually quite interesting. Um, Even before I I saw the Arts Farm Business Insider, they were talking about um, some of the fact that Black Friday looks very dangerous, particularly even from an Amazon perspective. And I'm like, if Amazon can't get you the good, it's a real crisis. Hmm. And how much it affects them for Black Friday. Part of people's fears, they're going into Christmas season. It's real. And guys, this talks about, again, for me, this shows the, 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 the risk management, the, the lack of risk management when your supplies are far away from you. Yes, it's cheaper. But you are spending more time. You can't get it locally. And those are some of the challenges and risk things you need to consider when it comes to globalization. Because we are also, we are literally all at the mercy. Because no one in their right mind, in their bright spark mind thought, what is going to happen? Is what's going to happen if you can't get the logistics. So the good is being manufactured. That's not an issue. The issue is getting it to you. And so one of the things I was talking about with Amazon, Amazon is chartering secondhand cargo jets to stop the delay. And they're prepping for Black Friday and Christmas. And 
Remember, this is the peak trading period. It is, it is very, 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 very real. Sensible. Hmm. Hold the line there for me for a second. We'll continue on this particular one because I'm also quite interested, I guess, in uh, what impact this has had on prices for charters, but also what some of the opportunities might be for local producers. And we'll take a look at that after this brief break. 23 minutes it is after 7 p.m. You tuned in to Metro FM Talk here on the Mighty Metro. It's our wrap of the top business stories. And uh, we're taking a look with this Nisabo Maninjwa at uh, yeah, some of the interesting stories that have come out there from MTN joining uh, the fray there alongside Telcom against the regulator and uh, also a shipping crisis, which is certainly driving many companies to uh, dust off some secondhand uh, uh, jets here and I guess uh, charter planes to try and get their products uh, out of um, many of uh, the parts of the world where such products are manufactured. Uh, and I'm quite interested, I mean, Snezipo, just in us unpacking how big uh, a chunk of all of the products that we interact with every day actually are, you know, carried via ocean freight. I mean, um, you know, the number doing the, the rounds around 90% uh, uh, of all of the goods that are traded between uh, different borders in different nations are, are ferried via ocean freight. Um, and uh, the cost of that is typically four to six times much cheaper than maybe uh, air freight or, I guess, uh, air cargo. Yes. So um, think about this way, I am. So think about which comes we're in. It's almost everything goes on the ocean, 90%. You can't hit that allocation target you then are forced to you go into air freight. Air freight is times four to six. At, and this, okay, bear in mind, this is before we're factoring in oil price increase. If you look at how the price of freight crude oil has been moving, air usually catches it quicker than freight because of its, um, the fact that most airlines uh, don't hedge that far out. Oceans tend to take a bit more time. So it only ocean um, air freight from an increased perspective usually takes a bit longer. You've got that coming in. You're about to enter into peak trading period. It is when you when you just think of the sheer volume. Even if you were to switch everything that's carried by ocean to air, it's too expensive, and there's just not enough planes. Mm, mm, mm. When and you just think about yeah. globally, ninety percent. Even mean, if you were to switch to you got that gold ninety to go to eighty. That it, there's not enough planes. That is just how I don't. That's why I say people don't actually think conceptualize how much of a crisis this truly is. Mm. You know, and what, what comes making, to mind is this noise for it. Yeah, yeah. What comes to mind was you know just the the challenges that they were with the Suez Canal, and even the. Um, you know, COVID-19 lockdowns in some of the coastal towns in China and the impact that that has already had, I mean, on many of the uh, goods that are being ferried about, least of all some of the uh, minerals that uh, I guess uh, we produce in this part of the world. So it's certainly something that's already happening, all of the uh, price implications and even the scarcity and shortage of some of the things that ordinarily you'd just be able to find on the shelves. Actually, I'm going to say no to this because I don't think we've felt it truly yet. This thing is bubbling, mm. and I don't think we we're. we're I wouldn't say that, Nessipo. Ask anybody who is in the building supplies industry. So, 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 so um, I will say the miners have felt it. The miners wait, let me finish the, the point I'm making. I'm saying, ask anybody who's in the building supplies industry, um, whether or not they've been able to find, you know, some of the steel-based products. Typical, I mean, piping, structural steel, all of that. Mm. I've my neck. 
Yes, but what I mean, what I, what I mean is that I'm not saying it hasn't been solved. So just let me uh, articulate this better. I'm saying that yet. So, to, so what's the secondary level? What do you mean by that? It's, it's me and you. So primary right now, there's certain things we can't find, but it's it's it's, it's not a train smash. It's not a train smash. It's not a train smash. Okay, I let's let, let's agree to disagree there because yeah, I think no, 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 no. But like, there's certain things. It's not what I'm talking about. Is visually good. Primary guys, the primaries, and I will say both environment engineering, um, both environment mining, they are still feeling it. They are feeling it currently. So, so that's what I'm saying, Snezipo. I, I think, I mean, we can we can disagree on this one. But, uh, you know, even secondary goods like LCD screens, for instance, in the electronic yeah, space, I mean, have shot up in price. Uh, if you ask anybody who's ever had to, I guess, repair not the small ones on the phones, but the ones, I guess, for notebooks and all of that stuff. Um, but I think that the point is that if indeed this continues, it's certainly going to have all manner of ripple impacts uh, on global supplies. And uh, I guess the bigger question mark, as you've said earlier on, is what will it mean for that uh, big milestone in the retail calendar, Black Friday? Yeah, so if I say that, like, that's what I say, when it, it, it shifts, it doesn't think, it's, it's like I said, the price of LPDs are shot up. Like I said, it's there, but it's not at a pain point level yet. It's not at a pain point level. It's like I said, it's more to do with things that you can live without. Okay. Now that's you're into that, retail fees. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's when it will hit us. Okay. That's why it's really, that's why that from a timing perspective, which is one of the reasons why you've got Amazon hiring secondhand cargo planes to do the shipping is because they can see it and they're doing this a full, we've got about a calendar month until. Uh, Black Friday, they can mm. see, they can see sort of okay. If we don't bridge it here, it's going to hit. And and they understand consumer markets. Consumer, like I said, there's certain things you can't find, but there's things when and all honestly, I we can all live without. But we're going to a point where we cannot live without certain things. And this is the period where I think the full amplification will be felt mm. Mm. because you've got you've got trading, and also remember. This issue started last year, and I think we forget that. So it was past the, lot, the prior 2020 Christmas trading period. But because retail numbers, because of high unemployment and lockdown, and lockdown, the world is opening up now. So it's a different point that you've got retail numbers who are, which are now comparable to 2019 levels. So you've got situations where now it's going to become a real thing because now you're actually seeing actual demand. Mm. And with actual demand, being at 2019 levels, this is sure. the crisis that you're seeing because. So I think it's from that perspective, from that perspective um, 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 that I'm looking at it. Okay, from. let's let's shift away from the port slightly, and uh, just as we wrap up, uh, Snesipo, what's happening out at Ford's plant in Silverton? It seems, uh, yeah, significant amounts are being invested in the, the modernization of that particular plant uh, to improve efficiencies, but also make it more competitive within the global matrix of production of the Ford Motor Company. Yes. So, as you know, in Silverton, uh, again, and, and remember, globally, Ford doesn't care. Where yeah, but also this one's not about labor. It's about, like, your production process and the ability of your, your suppliers process, to meet orders well as, and, you know, all of that. Yes. And also a little thing called CapEx investment, which is one of the mm. reasons why we're catching up. Yeah, yeah. Snesibo, we're going to have to leave it there. As always, a pleasure catching up with you, and uh, thank you very much for your time.
that there was Nesipo Maninjo helping us uh, with our wrap of the top business stories. We'll take a brief break now. When we come back, uh, we take a look at uh, the latest coming out of Swaziland, and uh, that's under our headline segment.